The Church, in her wisdom, sets out weekly readings from the Gospels. These readings allow us to follow the life and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ and the story of our salvation. Upper Room Media presents to you the weekly Sunday homily delivered from Sydney, Australia. can be summarized in one statement, which is Thomas fed on the Lord, which is Holy Communion. Thomas doubted his faith. But the Lord reassured him and made him touch him to believe. And when Thomas was nourished in the church by the Holy Communion, and then he was had satiety or had drink, which is uh, living water, the Samaritan lady, which is the third Sunday, then he was able to be enlightened, which is last week's, um, the fourth Sunday about Lord Jesus Christ, he is the light of the world. So the true believer, when he believes in God and when he feeds on him through the word of God and through Holy Communion, and when he is uh, watered by the Holy Spirit, then his eyes can be opened to heaven. Many of us, we live on earth, but our eyes are not opened to eternity. And if I close my eyes now, and I ask the Lord, how many of us during this coming 15 or 20 minutes of the Mass will be 100% focusing on you, Lord? The, the, the priest asks, where, lift up your hearts, or where is your hearts? Or in the other translation, because the Greek language, the word hearts and minds are the same. So if the Lord will ask me, where is your mind? Where is your, your thinking? And we say they are with the Lord. But the person that can focus about to eternity and focus on the Lord, that's called enlightenment. And no one can be enlightened except when he, focus, when he sees the Lord and he nourishes in him and he is watered by the Lord. And that will give him a vision about heaven and how what God needs from his life. In today's Gospel, John 14, the continuation of that, if you are enlightened, then you know the new pathway to heaven. In the Pauline epistle uh, from Hebrews 11, from Hebrews 10, it says that there is only pathway to heaven is through a new road that the Lord has consecrated, which is his body. And as we started, Thomas, when he ate and drank, become enlightened, knew the way. As we started with Thomas, with the first 50 days, we end up with Thomas today as well. Thomas asked the Lord, show us the Father. Show us the Father. Sorry, Philip asked the Lord, show us the Father, but Thomas asked, where, where are we going? Where, what is, where is the way? And the Lord said, I am the way. So let us quickly dwell into this very important conversation that happened between St. Thomas and the Lord explaining to him the way to heaven. The first lesson to us today is to learn to ask. Learn to ask. As Thomas was brave enough to ask. If you have any doubt about the faith, don't worry. Those questions have been and continues to be asked for the last 2,024 years. So it has been questioned. Christianity has been questioned and scrutinized from all angles all over the years. 
So Lord Jesus Christ did not disregard his question. So our Almighty God will declare to us all the secrets when we come with a sincere heart and we ask to learn. Although it's much deeper sometimes from what we try to grasp or comprehend, but the Lord dilute the faith for us so we can actually connect with him, we can see him, we can learn about him. So we see by faith. We see the Lord by faith. And we get our convincing in our minds. In verse 7 to 9, here the Lord Jesus connects with the disciples, his knowledge of him. So the disciples are saying, we need to know the Father. The Lord said to them, if you know me, you will know the Father. So the Lord is connecting with the disciples the true knowledge of God the Father and his knowledge of the Father and their knowledge of him. So when, when, we, when we see Lord Jesus Christ in his authority, when we see him in his power, in his miracles, in his commandments and, and his works, then we can see God the Father in him. Because he said to Thomas, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So we can see the essence of God because no one can see God and live, but we see God in his only son, in his word, the word of God. So he asked to see God, the Father, with his eyes. And the Lord declared that in chapter 10, verse 30, he said, I am in the Father and the Father is in me. So this is not the first time that the Lord declared to the disciples that he Lord Jesus Christ and the Father are in one, with one essence, of one nature. Uh, light out of light, true God out of true God, begotten, not made. No, not any time on history where God the Father was present and then later he made the Son. No, he's the, both of them, begotten, not made, uh, they are with each other from the beginning with their Holy Spirit the Spirit of God. So the Lord reprimanded Philip, whoever have seen me, have seen the Father. Explain, how can someone, thank you, how can someone um, see the Father without being introduced to the Father through the Son of God whom the Father have sent? So we cannot not talk about the triune God or the nature of God or the divinity of God. But mind you, this question is very important for our faith, and all the questions and all the, um, um, all the doubts that are casted about the Trinity is answerable. It's answerable for the, for the person who wished to know and who has actually has the spirit of humility, because no one resists that God incarnate and became man except Satan and his followers. So if someone resists that Jesus is God, he is not resisting humans. He is actually casting doubts about the divinity of God. So what we're trying to say that we are not claiming that a human called Joshua or Jesus one time 2,000 years ago claimed himself to be God. We are saying the opposite. What we are saying that God Almighty in the due time wanted to declare himself to us that's why he sent his only son to die for us on the cross to save us and to rise again and to, uh, from the dead after three days and after 40 days to ascend to heaven to prepare a pathway for us in heaven. 
So explain. We cannot talk about the Trinity or the triune God or the nature of God. We still can explain it in simple and um, sometimes in the most complicated ways. When you study theology, if you are a theologian, then you will go into the whole details of how the divinity or the trinity works. But in a simple language, our relationship between God and the word of God and God the Father is the relationship between the mind, the mind, which is the brain, this here in your skull, and the thoughts, which is the ideas that works inside the brain. So the thoughts or the ideas that come from the brain come from the mind. The mind is God the Father, and the thoughts that comes from the brain is actually the Word of God or God the Son. But there is no time that there is going to be a brain or a mind or a, a person without thinking or without ideas or without uh, thoughts that can be uh, processed or proclaimed from that mind. Otherwise, if this mind will stop working, then there is not going to be any ideas coming out of it. So the relationship between the Word of God and the Father as our relationship uh, between our minds and our thoughts. So the mind is the brain and the thoughts are the ideas and there is no mind without ideas to show its presence and there is no ideas without an origin from the mind. Pope Athanasius said about it is like a well and a stream. There is not going to be a stream of water without a source of water, which is the well. The well, which is a bore inside the, uh, the earth that brings water, and the, this is the origin, that is God the Father. But the, the stream that actually runs is God the Son. The disciples needed to know and to believe in Jesus as the Word of God, as the incarnate Word of God. So the Father is without beginning, but the Son, also, the Word of God is without beginning, but we say He is born of the Father before all age. But when we come and say He is born of St. Mary in the due time, 2,000 years ago, we, we get confused which birth we're talking about. But there is um, an, um, an autonomous birth, which is all the time God the Son or the Word of God is born of the Father as... Uh, someone that's of same likeness and essence and the same appear, uh, the same um, nature, the same nature which is the divinity or the malicious, sorry, le, le, explaining the Trinity is difficult, but as, as the, uh, the rays of the sun is born or comes to us radiating from the planet, the sun, the same is God the Father is giving birth to the sun all the time because he is of he is of him, true God, out of true God, begotten, not made, with the same essence of the Father, light out of light. So the disciples didn't receive the Holy Spirit yet. That's why they kept asking and they kept thinking about it and not getting it as, uh, at, at, at all. So the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of God, is the one who explains to us how the divinity of God and how we trust in him. To them, the amount of miracles and the works of God the Son, Lord Jesus Christ, whom they saw and lived with for three and a half years, he is explaining to them. In verse 16, he said, I ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit who will stay with you forever. 
here Lord Jesus Christ is interceding on behalf of the disciples and he's saying to them, when I go up to heaven, and the church put that particular gospel just before uh, Thursday, which is the ascension Thursday, because the Lord said to them and promised them, I will not leave you. When I go up to heaven, I will send the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, to stay with you forever. Here we find the Trinity. God the Son asks the Father, and the Father answers the request of the Son, and God the Father sends what we call proceeds, proceeds from God the Father, proceeds, send the Holy Spirit that shows the Trinity as united in one essence, and the three established the church of the New Testament, which is bought by the blood of Christ. We say about the church in the Mass, this which you have bought with the blood of, with your blood on the cross. So, one of the um, things that the Lord used with the disciples to explain to them the Trinity and to explain to them his unity with God the Father, he said, do works greater than this. The Lord promised the disciples, when you believe in me, you will do miracles greater than me. How come? Lord Jesus Christ, you raised the dead. Yes, you granted the disciples to raise the dead. But we didn't hear that Lord Jesus, when he walks, his shadow, like if he walks this way and the sun is this way, his shadow, if it comes to a sick person, he will be healed. We didn't hear that Lord Jesus' shadows um, heal, heal the people. But he granted that to St. Peter, that his, when he walks in, this, in, the, in the market, if the sun, his shadow comes on a sick person, his shadow will heal the sick. And the same for St. Paul. When you have, like, you know, a wound or something, like, you know, brings yak or pus or whatever, and you take the handkerchief, you throw it away or you burn it because it's dirty. But you take this from St. Paul's body and you put it in a sick person and the sick person will be healed. And, but the, the deeper meaning the deeper meaning of the statement that the Lord said to us that the disciples will do greater miracles than him, the deeper meaning is that that means when the Lord Jesus fed thousands of people from uh, five loaves and two fish Sophia means wisdom she's asking us to wake up Okay, all right I'll just explain this point and that's it. The works that the Lord promised the disciples, greater works that they will do compared to him, means that the Lord will establish in the church a greater mission that he is actually entrusted us to continue. So the Lord, when he fed 5,000 people from five loaves and two fish, he is saying to us, as I fed you physically, you Jew, and you did not, did not believe in me, I entrusted the church to feed you spiritually, which what really matters. Example, the souls of the believers, which the word of God, when they believe in Jesus, their souls will be saved and salvation of the Lord that will make them, um, will make them eligible to inherit eternal life. So that... With Holy Communion, we have the new manna. So instead of being fed with the food that we consume and then we die, then the Lord left for us in the church, and that's the meaning of greater miracles that you will do. 
that they will do, the disciples will do that greater than what Jesus did. It's not to be taken uh, in a literal sense, although it is actually happened on a literal sense, but it is actually to be taken on a, um, a metaphor which is, as Lord, as the Lord fed the people who ever came to him, he fed them food, the Lord today, he feeds us in the church the spiritual food who will make us entitled or able to inherit eternal life, which is the body and the blood of Christ, the manna, the new manna. Also, as the Lord raised the dead, as he raised Lazarus and the daughter of nine, he is raising us from the dead or death of sin. He gave us life to our souls when we come and say sorry to Jesus and we confess. And Abuna takes the power of the cross, put it in our head and read the absolution for us. So the Lord will uh, entrust it in the church greater miracles. May the Lord enlighten us in this very important, uh, very important occasion uh, of the holy 50 days. While we having the, today was the last time, as I said, we have the procession because next Sunday the procession will be only in the altar, as the Lord Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. Um, so the take-home message today is that Lord Jesus Christ wants to teach me and you that He is the true way to heaven, and He wants us to walk in Him to have eternal life. Just a couple of announcements. Um, This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.